Hello, I'm Eric Chabra with the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com. I'm speaking with David Matthews, Deputy Chief Information Security Officer for the City of Seattle, Washington. Thanks, David, for taking time to chat. My pleasure. Briefly tell us about the information security operation in the City of Seattle. Well, we have a fairly small office just uh, myself and the Chief Information Security Officer, and we try to cover all the bases as best we can. We do application security, forensics for event response, and monitoring of different things that are going on on the network. We really use a lot of the other IT staff, network staff, as multipliers to help us get all this work done. In the federal government, they have FISMA, they have the Office of Management Budget, they have NIST guidance. What do you have there in Seattle? One of the problems that we have is that there really isn't a great deal of requirements of that kind of things for this for a city, for local government. However, we do have to follow PCI rules, the PCI data security standards, because we do take credit cards. That, actually, that's probably the main regulation that we fall under. The state doesn't have any kind of rules that you have to follow? No, not really. There is a state intergovernmental network for which all of the different local governments take part in or use for communications um, for various things. They're actually working on developing some better regulations around using that and being a part of that right now. But actually, other than that, there really isn't anything from the state. Is there any kind of auditing that goes on with IT systems? The state does have an auditor, um, but we have never had them, as far as I know in the history of Seattle, had them audit IT stuff. They audit financials and that kind of thing. That seems to be their main focus. Actually, we would love to have regulatory oversight. I think it would be advantage to us and to uh, you know all local government, really, to have something like that. So what steps do you formally take to make sure that your systems are secure? We started off with a good policy. It's a relatively new thing in the city, actually. Six years ago or so, I was on the first committee that started creating the formal information security policy, although they had something before that, but not real formalized. And at that point is when we first hired the first CISO for the city, which is about five or six years ago. So we started off with that, with the policy. And then we do a lot of user education to try to make sure people understand the policy, understand why there needs to be a policy. We do a lot of work. I think probably the biggest thing we do is communication with the business leaders. The city is a very federated organization, many, many different lines of business that go on in the city, all of which have their own needs for the business that they need to get done and the IT that needs to help them with that. We really need to understand all those different business lines and be able to work with them. And so we've really done a lot of work over the years, getting to know them and letting them get to know us. I think we've made a lot of progress in that respect. You know, otherwise we have typical hardware kind of controls in place, the IPS, different things around to monitor the networks and to see within the antivirus and that kind of things that are the controls that we are you know, kind of our, our protective controls to see detective controls to see what's going on on the network at any given time and then we have a good cyber incident response process that we use for anything that does come up but you said you have a very good policy can you briefly state what this policy says basically tries to define what people's responsibilities and roles are and what the acceptable uses of the digital equipment is, that kind of thing. We outline classification of data and protection of that data. Again, who's responsible for that and, and how that's done. It's fairly high level, though, because like I said, it is a federated organization and different departments, different groups and divisions have different needs and different ways that they need to be. Some, some need to be much more secure, such as the police department or the utilities. We are somewhat unique in that we own our own electric utility. We also have the water and the roads and those kind of things. Some of those need to be a little 
little more secure, and some of the others don't need to have such strict security guidelines. We make kind of a general overview of what we'd like people to do, and then we have a high level, and then we encourage and teach and consult with the different divisions and departments about how they can adjust that to make the best of the best security for them, depending on what their business needs are. What would you say are the number one or two challenges in IT security in Seattle at this point in time? Probably the number one is, as with everybody, and this is not just unique to Seattle or anybody right now, and that's financial problems that we all are suffering from. Our latest figures were something around $75 million hole in the budget that we're having to face this in the coming years. Everybody is having to work with that. Over the years, that's kind of consistently been an issue of not having the resources that we need to really do the work that we want to do. We've had to be very creative, and I think we've done a very good job in, as I said earlier, kind of incorporating the... IT staff and the network staff and communications staff in all of the different departments and divisions and really getting them to get on the bandwagon for security and understand it and be a part of it and help us with it. We've had to kind of do without real robust security programmers to really tie into using all these other resources. We also do a lot with vendors trying to um, do pilots and manipulating vendors, if you will, in order to find ways to get their products at a lower cost, working with other government organizations to try to leverage our purchasing power and that kind of thing. So we've had to be pretty creative about the way we deal with that particular issue. That's number one. Number two, and, and I think this is also true with most, is just user awareness. And we spend a lot of time working on that. We have a lot of different classes we do within the city and in, just in the community as well, trying to give as much information out as possible, make sure people understand why there is a need for security consciousness and the th- kinds of things they can do to protect themselves, their families, the city, the city's network, and that kind of thing. You deal in areas such as e-discovery forensics, correct? That is correct. What is the state of art of forensics today in the city of Seattle, and how is it being used? We do assist the law enforcement, so that's part of what we do. But really, more of what my work concentrates on is event response, trying to figure out when we've gotten attacked by malware or botnets, trying to do some analysis of that so we can find out exactly what happened and when. And there's a good reason for that. I'll tell you in a second. And then we also deal with acceptable use issues. So if people are not doing what they should be doing during the day work, the work they're supposed to be doing, you know, this is taxpayer money being spent, and it's very important to us and a high priority to us to ensure that the, the digital tools that are provided to city employees are used uh, for city work. We also, again, work with law enforcement and with the legal department for e-discovery things. There are things that need to be collected and acquired for that are relevant to a case. At times, there's a need for forensics tools and forensic skills and time to do analysis and pull up the data that's needed. The thing I was mentioning earlier, one of the reasons we really have to do this malware research and really understand when we were attacked, if we were attacked, and what kind of data might have been exfiltrated is because there's a state breach laws there are in many states, which says that if any personally identifiable information or personal health information has been breached, we have to notify the folks who have had their data lost. So far, knock on wood, we have not had that happen at the city. Is there any kind of social network being used in Seattle, or does Seattle allow its employees to access social networks? I wish I could say we didn't. We had an interesting conversation with our legal department in the last few weeks just about that, and the first thing we had to admit was that the horse is long gone out of the barn, and there's really nothing we can do about it at this point. Users, including council members, mayor, everybody else, are using social networking either personally or for city business. There's a few of them that have bothered to ask us what we thought about it on the security side of things, but the vast majority have just gone ahead and done it. So the legal department and 
our office here are working to try to create some guidelines and explain the records retention issues are, what liability issues and legal issues are, are around there, and so try to give them at least some guidelines as to what they should and shouldn't do and what their responsibilities are when they post data on, onto social networking sites. Is this something your department is coming up with, or you and the legal department? The legal department is actually authoring it with, with our consultation. Is there an attitude in government that you should be able to figure out ways to use the technology, or is it just sometimes just say that just can't do this? I'm not sure if you mean an attitude amongst the city employees or an attitude amongst the... The IT security professionals. We recognize that our really our number one job is to help the business work. That's where we try to come from with all of our work. You know, there's there's always a temptation as a security professional to just say, turn everything off and we'll be safe. But in the end, we recognize and we really have quality professionals in this business now understand that it all starts with what are the business requirements and that our job is to make sure the business works and not to put stops on it. So, so we do need to understand, first, the way things work, what needs to happen, and then Secondly, how we can assist in making that happen in a secure way with as little distraction or trouble as possible. We, we always start from that point of view. Social networking is a good example. We certainly understand there are some great uses. We really want people to understand how they can use them in a way that will enhance their work product and not uh, get themselves in trouble and not cause trouble in the long run so that it doesn't end up being a distraction or something that actually hurt the business or the city. That's David Matthews, Deputy Chief Information Security Officer for the City of Seattle. I'll be talking with David again in another podcast. Then we'll discuss computer forensics and the relationship his office has with the city's legal department. For the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.